You are now listening to The Dime with Josh Rodriguez, your weekly go-to podcast for all things NBA. Subscribe on iTunes or listen every week on thedimepodcast.com. And now, your host, Josh Rodriguez. Today, we say goodbye to the 2018-2019 Los Angeles Lakers. So much promise. So much potential. High expectations. I believe the Los Angeles Lakers are going to the Western Conference Finals. This year was supposed to be a step in the long process of returning to glory. However, it was never meant to be. What was supposed to be showtime. LeBron James, and because he's in L.A., Hollywood is going to put on an absolute show. Ended up being a show that you only watch because you want to see how big of a train wreck it is. Now some will blame injuries. Some will blame LeBron. But the truth is, this was just a poorly constructed roster. Let, don't let Magic go get a shooter. Don't let him go get one shooter. Just one, like a Kyle Corver or something. Don't let him go do that. And the team was probably not as good as some of us thought they were. A team that was supposed to have Paul George. Never lost. A team that was supposed to trade for Anthony Davis. Never lost. Instead, was left with a depleted roster of one-year vet contracts and scorned young talent that the King treated as peasants who weren't worthy enough to step on the same court with him. Jesters not worthy enough to be a part of his kingdom's future plans. LeBron is going to be the league MVP this year. So goodbye 2018-2019 Lakers. Can't say I'm going to miss you. It's a shame. It's a damn shame. The Los Angeles Lakers, first of all, they better not lose. They will not lose in the first round. But there is no question in my mind they're getting past the first round. They're going to be in the semifinals. Never lost. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dime. I put a bow on the Lakers season and refuse to talk about them for the foreseeable future. A certain players' fans have lost their damn minds. And I tell you why this MVP race is over. If you want to follow the Dime on Twitter at the Dime NBA, give this show five stars on iTunes and please leave a comment, a review saying how much you love this podcast. If you want, you can call into the Dime hotline at 805-826-3463 and leave a question or comment to be aired on the show. That is 805-826-3463. I will air your question. I will air your comment. I will respond to it. Today, there is no guest. It is just I, Josh Rodriguez. If you want, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. Enough of the introductions. Let's get started. It's Rodriguez for three. Rodriguez, a healthy three, and down it goes. This is a segment I like doing by myself when I don't have a guest and things like that. There are three things on my mind that I would like to talk about. And the first one, listen, you guessed it, the Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers, their season is officially over. I know I'm kind of late on this. A lot of other podcasts that I listen to have already done their LeBron James hate episodes, their Los Angeles Lakers hate episodes. I'm not sure if this is going to be a hate-type segment, but it's just going to be keeping it real. Listen, let's dissect this. Let's dissect this honestly. 
I don't know how to rank blame, so I'm not going to rank blame here. I'm just going to tell you my opinion what happened. They were fourth when LeBron went out with injury that December night in Golden State. Everything looked to be good. Now, he gets hurt. Lonzo gets hurt. And I, to me, Lonzo going down is is still one of the most underrated things about this whole thing. Now, a lot of people will point to Lonzo Ball, and he, he doesn't really average 20 points per game. Um, he doesn't seem to have that much of an impact on the floor if, to me, and I this might be condescending to some people listening, but that's if you are an average basketball viewer and you don't understand the game of basketball. Lonzo Ball, he doesn't have to shoot the ball to be effective. That man moves the basketball. He makes the right play. Listen, he drives Laker fans crazy every once in a while because he is kind of inconsistent. I'm not saying he's the perfect basketball player, but he knows how to play the damn game. He has one of the highest IQs in the league. Yes, in the league. He does. He's an incredibly smart player. He's an incredibly good defensive player, so they're missing a lot of perimeter defense. He makes everything work. He's kind of like glue, and when you miss the glue on your team, things start to fall apart. So, say what you want about Lonzo. He, him going down was huge. It was gigantic. I'm not saying it was as big as LeBron going down. I'm not putting it to that. But, I think people underestimate Lonzo going down. And it's interesting to me, like, you have people like Stephen A. Smith. This is not a picking on Stephen A. Smith type podcast episode. I know it seems like it because of, you know, the intro that I just did. But you have people like him and other people in the media who are basically calling Lonzo Ball a bust, basically saying, well, Magic would have drafted De'Aaron Fox, or if he would have drafted this person, like, he wouldn't be in this situation. You don't know that. And how can you imply that Lonzo's a bust already? You guys are the same people. You killed the Lakers for giving up on D'Lo. And then at the same time, you insist that Lonzo Ball's already a bust. Like, you can't have it both ways. Lonzo Ball is still, listen, he's injury prone. I'll give you that. He gets hurt. He's nowhere near a bust, and when he's on the court, he is effective. He doesn't have to be effective shooting the basketball. Yes, he needs to shoot the ball a little better, but he makes the right pass. He's an incredible playmaker. He's good defensively. He does more good than bad when on the court, and I think he's the type of player that the Los Angeles Lakers missed while he's been out. Then Kuzma gets hurt. Ingram gets hurt. LeBron comes back. It just comes out that he's been hurt this whole time, which I think Brandon Scoopy Robinson, who's been a guest on the podcast, has said before. It was kind of speculated throughout the media that he wasn't 100%, even though he was playing pretty well. So LeBron comes back. He's still kind of injured. Listen, you can blame injuries, but it's it's more than that. You can't just go, oh, well, they were injured, therefore that's why it didn't work. No, LeBron came back. Ingram was back. Kuzma was back. Listen, they missed some games here and there, but when you have LeBron James on your team, you should be able to at least make the playoffs. I don't care if it's the West. You should at least make the playoffs. There's no reason why the Lakers right now should be sitting with the record that they have. Right now, the Lakers are 32-41. and 41. There's no reason for the Lakers to be 32-41. and 41. I know LeBron missed 18 games, but there's no reason for that. So, what went wrong? Well, if you ask me, I think this roster was constructed poorly, and that falls on my favorite basketball player of all time, Magic Johnson. How can you sign players like Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, and, and expect... No chemistry issues. How can you sign someone like Rajon Rondo and not expect him and LeBron to clash when on the court? Listen, they didn't seem to fight on the court. There was no tension on the court, but LeBron needs the ball. Rajon needs the ball. I know their plus minus together was horrific. It just doesn't really make no sense. It's like they signed LeBron, and all of a sudden, they started signing all these random players. And if you go back to the emergency LeBron is a Laker episode, that I did with Josh Veltri, you'll see that we talk about this. Like, this is just a random collection of individuals that I'm not sure how they're going to make this work. There's no identity with the team. 
And that's what it was. There really was no identity with the Lakers this year. If you think about LeBron's years uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers and maybe even with the Heat a little bit, what they did was they surrounded LeBron with shooters. Who do they surround him with that can shoot the basketball? Don't tell me Reggie Bullock at the end of the trade deadline getting him or Mike Muscala, who was a tr- like horrible trade by Magic, giving up Zubak, who was basically you know the one, I'm going to say the one, but a, a pleasant surprise during the season. So, like, what what was your identity? I don't understand what their identity was. The roster construction made no sense whatsoever. And then on top of that, they didn't finish. They didn't play well in the fourth quarter. And what, is that LeBron? I think some of it's LeBron, but I think a lot of it is maybe Luke Walton, his rotations. The team not meshing well. There's a lot of different reasons why this team wasn't what a lot of people thought they would be, including myself. I thought they'd be a four seed. I think that... I think uh, the prediction I made is they'd be out in the Western Conference semifinals, which to me was a moderate prediction. You had some people saying they would finish 6 through 8. I had them 4. And you did have people saying they weren't going to make the playoffs, and at the time it sounded like a hot take. It sounded like a popular thing to say just to be contrarian. But whether or not they were being contrarian or not, you have to tip your cap to them because they got it correct with this. And I'm not sure if they would have got it correct if LeBron didn't get hurt for 18 games and totally shot the momentum in the face that they had. But whether or not he got hurt, they were correct. Then you got to talk about Luke Walton. I don't think Luke Walton's a bad coach. Um, I know a lot of Laker fans have a lot of problems with his rotations. I I think it's kind of like maybe it's me making excuses for Luke Walton, but that team was a weird team to begin with. I don't know what he could have done to make this team better. And then on top of that, you hear rumors that they're going to hire Jason Kidd. That Jason Kidd is their front runner to get this job. That is hilarious. That just proves that they're not about winning. I'm sorry. You can't be about winning. And LeBron, I'm including LeBron in this too. You go to a Laker team that is inexperienced. They're new to this type of stage. They never finished above 500 before you got there. You have a lot of young players who never won anything. This is not about winning. If you hire Jason Kidd, Magic Johnson, what you're telling me is that this is not about winning. This is about selling tickets because Jason Kidd has not won anything as a head coach. Jason Kidd was a coach of the Milwaukee Bucks not too long ago and was barely making the playoffs. And now look at the Bucks. Now look at them. All they really added was a Brook Lopez. Don't get me wrong, he's having a good season, but it's not like Brook Lopez is going to take you from the 17th to the 1 seed. Give me a break. Jason Kidd is a terrible coach. He's an awful coach. I would not want him at all. As a, he, he shouldn't even be considered as a head coach. It makes absolutely no sense. So I think the Lakers in general, I think what's wrong with them is very similar to what's wrong with the Knicks. No, not the owner's terrible, but in the way that the front office and the head of the snake is kind of rotten right now. And I don't mean rotten as in, like, you know, sketchy. I don't mean rotten as in, like, bad or, or or unethical. I mean rotten as in, like, they have no idea what they're doing. And it's kind of interesting because the greatest point guard of all time really doesn't know how to construct a basketball team. I would have never guessed that. He has no idea what he's doing. Magic Johnson has no idea what he's doing, and he's being run out of town by Jerry West, who's in the same building as him with an inferior roster, with inferior players, and they're the five seed right now. The Los Angeles Clippers are the five seed. Are you kidding me? Shout out to the Clippers. Shout out to Danilo Gallinari. I'm not letting you go, Melo fans. Danilo Gallinari, one of the most underrated players in the league. Dropping buckets all year. Lou Williams, sixth man of the year. Montrez Harrell, backup sixth man of the year. They're killing it. Why? Chemistry, good coach, good GM, good owner, good culture. Not concerned with showtime. You know, I don't, I don't understand 
I don't understand the direction the Lakers are going in. I don't even know what direction they're going to want for the future. I mean, LeBron James has three years left in his contract. He's not getting any younger. Maybe he gets hurt again. We might be seeing the decline of LeBron James, not so much his play, but physically. Because he played fine when he got back. But how, how long is he going to be healthy for? We have no idea. So this is not good for the Lakers. They have to completely reconstruct their roster. They have to. You got a bunch of veterans who are not even committed to this team. They were here because they thought that it'd be a, a nice little run they can do and possibly ch- challenge the Warriors in the playoffs or, you know, ride the coattails of LeBron. That didn't work out. I think it's becoming more and more of a consensus that players don't want to play with LeBron right now, especially now that he's getting older. They don't want to take a shit. You want to be on the trade block for Anthony Davis with seven other players? Don't get me started on that. I mean, the younger guys, they actually started playing a little better since that trade rumor started. But, you know, the aura in the building had to be different. The mentality of the team had to be different. I'd be pissed. I know I'd be pissed. Even if I was playing better, I'd be pissed. I know it's part of the game. I know it's part of the business. But, you know, the first game, right, we see LeBron James. Someone gets knocked down. It was in Portland. Someone gets knocked down to the ground. He brings over everybody. He's like, that's your brother. You help him up. Come on. How do you look? How do you look now? You look so phony. And I'm, this is coming from a LeBron fan. I love LeBron. He's one of my favorite players of all time. I've defended LeBron his whole career. I think he's indefensible this this uh, season. He is. He played well. I'm not saying he had a bad year. I don't think he had a bad year. But look at his numbers he had in a good year. But I think he was a terrible leader this year. And I think that has something to do with it too. You know, if you have a strong leader, if you have a leader that players look up to, that they can follow, you usually are in it. For the whole year, if you have the talent to be in it, and the Lakers do. I'm not saying they have the best roster in the league, but they they have a good enough roster to be in the playoffs. I think he has a lot of self-reflecting to do over the summer. I think he needs to come to terms that he, you know, wasn't at his best off the court. He wasn't at his best on the court, not so much with his abilities, but on the court as his leadership skills. He needs to go back to old LeBron. And I had this conversation with my best friends over the weekend. He's like, oh, you finally admit LeBron's never been a good leader. And I disagree. He's been a good leader in the past. He just wasn't this year. I don't know what happened. I don't know if Hollywood got to his head. I don't know LeBron as a human being, so I'm not going to speculate what is in his head. But he did seem distracted. I mean, he has Uninterrupted, which is running out here in Hollywood. He has a new game show coming out with Tim Tebow hosting it. I'm sure Space Jam has been in his head a little bit just because, not so much that he's going to be in a movie, but, you know, when you're in a movie and you have scripts, like it, it, you have to think about that type of stuff. You think about business. His mind wasn't completely focused on basketball. And it's almost like when you go to work and you, you know, you come home, if, for anyone who has children, you come home after a long day of work and your kid, you love your kids, but they annoy you. That's how LeBron treated his teammates. Like, he didn't want to be bothered with them. Like, he just got home from work and them complaining or them being around bothered him. And I think that mentality has to change. I'm not saying the Lakers are not going to be good next year. I just don't know what direction they're going to go in. And I don't have confidence in Magic Johnson to construct a roster that is suitable for LeBron James. I think they're going all in on Anthony Davis. They might get him, but they might not. What if you don't get him? What is plan B? And honestly, what is plan A if you get him? Because you have to give up all these people if you're going to get him. You're going to give away all your young pieces. We're going to surround LeBron and Anthony Davis with more one-year contract veterans that make absolutely no sense. So I'm a Laker fan. I'm not really happy. I'm not happy because we missed the playoffs, but I'm not happy because you just traded for LeBron James. You got three years left of him, and you have no idea what you're going to get from him. No idea. Not from just him, but for the organization and how they're going to react to building around him. You don't know who your coach is going to be next year. Luke is not staying. You better hope you don't hire Jason Kidd. It's not good times. It's not good times. I'm not going to... And, and that's all I have to say about the Lakers. I don't want to rip LeBron too much. He is at fault, obviously. He's the best player on the team. 
he has to own some responsibility. And LeBron fans have to, you know, own up to the fact that he does deserve some responsibility for the way that this season went, even though he did miss 18 games. Were injuries a part of it? Yes, absolutely. They shouldn't be this bad. They should be 32 and 41 bad. That's awful. I'm sorry. It is. It, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. I'm sorry. All right, on to number three. Listen, James Harden is the MVP. I'm just going to come say it. I, I, it's, he's the MVP. There's, noth- there's nothing you can say to convince me that anybody else is the MVP. What does valuable mean? The dictionary says it's a thing of great worth. Now, that's very vague. But to me, valuable is like, if this person did not exist on this team, where would this team be right now? Well, without James Harden, the Rockets might be second to last in the Western Conference. Third to last in the Western Conference. Because that is exactly where they were when James Harden turned it up to an 11 and started killing it. The dude's averaging 34 points per game. 34! 34! Who averages 34 points per game? That's insane! 34! With seven and a half assists a game! So he's distributing. He's doing everything. He's playing defense for the first time in his life. This team was second to last in the West. CP3's hurt. James Ennis is not working out. Carmelo Anthony wasn't working out. Gone. Chemistry issues. A new cast of characters. And the one constant was James Harden. Are you kidding me? How is this even a debate? The numbers aren't even close, first of all. The storyline is not even close, second of all. It's not a debate. Listen, Giannis is fantastic. He is. And right now, it's a two-person race. Paul George was in it for a little bit, but the Thunder have slacked off, and he slacked off. He might be hurt. Nothing against him. It's just, you know, it's a season-long award, and he's just, he slacked off. He slacked off, and it happens. He still had a great season. I still applaud him. It's between Giannis and James Harden. And I'm recording right now during the game of the Rockets and Bucks, and I don't care who wins the game. If the Rockets win, I'm not going to say, see, James Harden's the MVP. And if the Bucks win, I'm not going to turn around and say, well, maybe Giannis is the MVP. No. James Harden's the MVP of the NBA. Again. Again. It's not even close. This team has been through a lot this year. They basically had a roster reconstruction. The roster they started off with had to be blown up. And they're finishing third in the West. They might get second. I don't think they'll get second, but it's a possibility. They're three games out. You know, who knows? Maybe. It's possible, right? Who knows? Maybe Denver gets a little cold and Houston finishes it on a nice win streak. They get the second seed. Even if they finish third, that's remarkable in the West. There's no... like I don't think there's an argument. And you can't knock Giannis for not having drama. But, like, if there's a fire and a single firefighter puts out the fire, then single-handedly rebuilds the house by himself. It's kind of hard to say that one person is worth more than that firefighter if we're comparing individuals worth to one household. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, it's, you cannot sit here and tell me that someone who does all of that is not the most valuable person on the block. Yeah, you live in a nice house, and you might have decorated the house, and you might have designed the house. Good for you. Well, my house fucking burned down. I put out the fire, and then... I designed the plan to build it, then design it, and now we're more stable than ever. That person is your MVP of the block.
that person is James Harden. Hands down. It's not even close. I, Giannis, you're going to get your MVP later on in your career. Uh, hats off to you. Bucks are going to be the number one seed. It's a great story. But th- this is not even close. And if James Harden does not win the MVP, it's an absolute travesty. On to topic number three. Rodriguez, a healthy three, and down it goes! All right, I tweeted this out. I'm really barely, by like the skin of my teeth, hanging on to the Celtics bandwagon. Like, it, I am so close to, to coming off. Like, so close. Losers out of four to five. This is me assuming they're going to hold on to their lead against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It might be five out of five, knowing what's happening right now. It's a seven-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, I'm not stopping my podcast for the result of this game. I'm sorry. I'm continuing it. I'm going to assume they're going to win this game. But it's not good out there in uh, in Boston. Kyrie's might be taking shots at Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens taking shots at his team's mentality saying he's never been a part of a team that solely relied on whether or not they made their shots. I, At some point, I have to come to the realization, this might be my own like Celtics Anonymous meeting, I have to come to the realization that this might be who they are. I'm having a really hard time believing that this is who they are. This is the same team that last year, team basketball, togetherness, cohesiveness, made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, to Game 7 against a LeBron James-led team and was a quarter away from going to the finals. I know they added Kyrie. I know they added Gordon Hayward. But Gordon Hayward fits into seems seamlessly. It's not like he demands the basketball. He may struggle. He may not be as good as he used to be. But he doesn't disrupt chemistry. He might take away minutes from people here and there, but he doesn't disrupt chemistry. Now, you might argue Kyrie might disrupt a little chemistry, but he's one of the best players in the league. And I don't think he disrupts it that much, does he? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Celtics. This is what I do know, though. They have the most talent in the East, period. And if they can get their act together, their ceiling is higher than any team in the East, period. And the reason why I haven't got off their bandwagon, because I think that something as simple as the playoffs starting can be a total refresh button for these guys. You get to game one in the playoffs, and all of a sudden it's a new season. Everything that happened in the regular season does not matter. All that matters now is the postseason. We saw it last year with the Cavs. Four seed, go to the finals. Everybody was worried about the Cavs being the four seed. Didn't matter. Best player in the in the, in the the conference went to the finals. Well, I can see the same thing happening with, this, with the Celtics. I'm not jumping off this bandwagon until I see how they look in game one of the playoffs. If game one, it looks the same, I'm jumping off immediately. But if game one, you know, they win by 20 points, they're moving the basketball, Spirits are high, they're high-fiving, they're playing defense. They're not solely relying on whether or not they make shots, as Brad Stevens would say. I'm sorry, they, the East has a problem. I'm not jumping off this bandwagon yet, but I went to the back of the wagon. I'm on the edge while the, wheel, while the wheels are moving, and I'm contemplating jumping. But you know what? I'm sticking around just for a little longer. I think all of you who picked the Boston Celtics should do the same. All right, so when I come back... It's the NBA Twitter segment. I'm going to take some takes that I saw on NBA Twitter and basically either rip them, agree with them, debate them, all that good stuff. I have a very interesting take about the Rookie of the Year race. I'm pretty sure if you follow me on Twitter, you already know what that take is, but I have to say it on the podcast for those of you who do not listen to me on Twitter. I'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Do not go anywhere. It's the dime.
Listen, we all know sports are more fun when they're social, but what if I told you you could connect with other sports fans who are tuned into the same game as you? Regardless of where you are, you no longer have to be in the same room to enjoy the game with fans just like you. Introducing Sportscaster. Not only can you broadcast live and watch a game with whoever joins your stream, but you can also announce the game yourself. It's your turn to be the color commentator. Start a stream about a game that's live right now, and Sportscaster will make you look like you're on the big screen, complete with graphical scoreboards and play-by-play updates all in real time, and updated faster than what's shown on cable. Sportscaster offers real-time scoreboards of games from the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, college football, college basketball, and even the English Premier League and WNBA. Download the Sportscaster app. That's Sportscaster, S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R, no E, or go to sportscaster.com and register to become a sportscaster yourself. When you get there, follow me at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore, and let's watch some games together. That's Sportscaster, S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R, available in your app store now. You are now listening to The Dime with Josh Rodriguez. All right, welcome back to The Dime. It is the second segment. I'll be going over some NBA Twitter takes that I mostly disagree with in a moment. But before that, you can follow The Dime on Twitter at The Dime NBA. I'm Josh Rodriguez at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. If you haven't already and you are listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please scroll down. Give the show five stars. It helps me out tremendously. And if you're nice enough, leave a review. Those count as well. And if you want, you can leave a voicemail, comment, question, concern, diss me, compliment me, 805-826-3463. That's the Dime Hotline at 805-826-3463. And now let's get into the second segment of the show. This is a regular segment that I like to call NBA Twitter, you effing crazy. That's actually not the name of it, but that's pretty much the vibe of it. Let's get into it right now. Did you just? I can't believe. Yes. Yes, you really tweeted that out. NBA Twitter, you are undefeated. Yes, if you listen to the podcast, you know by now I'm going to give some NBA Twitter takes, some random ones that I found on Twitter, and I'm basically going to either A, rip them, B, debate them, or C, pretty much agree with them. These are some Twitter takes that stood out to me on my timeline, and this one is, I think, was on everybody's timeline. It's Donovan Mitchell, Blake Griffin, and Kyle Kuzma. Basically all agreeing that Trey Young should be Rookie of the Year. It started off with Donovan Mitchell saying, Rookie of the Year at Trey Young. Kyle Kuzma says, I second that. And then Blake Griffin thirded it. Is that is that a word? Thirded it. Everybody needs to calm down. Alright? Actually, not everybody. Trey Young fans, you need to calm the hell down. Listen, I get it. He's been killing it lately. And you have these NBA vets on his nuts. I get it. I get it. He's fun to watch. He's been playing very well. But he hasn't had the season that Luka has had. For crying out loud, this dude was shooting 29% from three-point range, which is supposed to be his best asset for the first couple of months of the season. Oh, Trey hit a game winner? Uh, that's cute. That same night, Luka dropped a triple-double against one of the greatest teams ever assembled. In 27 minutes of action. In a 35-point win. On the road. And he's been doing it all year. Right out of the gate. 
Has Trey Stats been better since the All-Star break? Sure, but that's since the All-Star break. That's what, a month ago? Just look at it as like he gained some ground in a race, but Luka was so far ahead that he has yet to catch up, and he's not going to catch up. I'll be the first to admit I was wrong about Trey, so far at least. I mean, he could fall off a cliff next year and be a bust. We don't know what's what's going to happen for the rest of his career, but he's having a very good rookie season, and my hat goes off to him. I didn't think it was going to happen. He's a lot better than I expected him to be, but he's not Luka, at least not this season. Luka is your rookie of the year, and honestly, it's not even that close. All right, on to our next tweet. It's at OT. I don't, you know what? I'm not even going to say... We're going to do this. Let's do this. Fine. You 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 get put on the show. I'll give out your handle. At OTG Squad X, whatever that means. OTG Squad X says, Chris Bosh is the most overrated player in NBA history. Lamo. No, he's not. Lamo. He got put into position where he had to sacrifice his game. Lamo. And sacrifice what he was best at so he could win a championship. Lamo. The guy was absolutely unbelievable. In his time in Toronto, he goes to Miami to form a super team with Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. And unfortunately, he's the one who had to take a back seat to what LeBron does. Uh, as much as I love LeBron James, I think it's pretty evident by now in his career that, you know, the third wheel usually gets the short end of the stick and has to sacrifice the most. I mean, he turned Chris Bosh basically into a jump shooter, which is not what Chris Bosh is specifically. Can he shoot the jump shot? Yeah. But he was also a force inside. The man was an absolute animal. And if he stayed in Toronto his whole career, you wouldn't have tweeted that. He was unbelievable. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. Not even close. He should still get in. I mean, he's a champion. His numbers probably took a hit with his time in Miami. I don't know his numbers for sure. But to say that he's overrated, if anything, he's underrated. I think a lot of people your age, because you look like you're pretty young based on your avatar, don't know how good he was before he got to Miami. And that's the reason why you're tweeting that. The man was an absolute monster. Top 10 in the league when he got traded to Miami. Actually, when he, when he signed with Miami. You can argue a top five MVP candidate. So learn your history, man. Chris Bosh was not, not overrated. If anything, he was underrated. The man was an absolute monster. And it's sad that your generation... Oh my God, it's like, like an old man. It's sad that your generation doesn't know better. Or maybe you're my age. I don't know. But if you're my age and that's your take, you should be ashamed of yourself. And you should understand basketball better. Moving on to the last tweet at Andrew Bastard, and I'm not making that up. It's literally Andrew. We'll say Bastard to be a little more PC. B a s s t a r d. He says nothing is great about the Clippers. They're as shitty as the Pistons. Doc Rivers is nothing but overrated. He needed three superstars to win a championship, just like Casey, but he's even worse. Okay, name me someone outside of Rick Carlisle who didn't need three superstars to win a championship in the modern-day NBA. I'll wait. Nobody. Relax. Doc Rivers, I wouldn't say he's overrated. I wouldn't say he's underrated. I think he's properly rated. I think he is a top-tier coach in the NBA. I don't think anybody says he's the best coach in the NBA anymore. I know that narrative was probably going around when he was in Boston a little bit, but I think right now he's fairly rated. And honestly, you want to talk about the Clippers? The Clippers are one of the best stories in the league right now. 
You're going to talk about Doc Rivers being overrated in a year where the Clippers didn't even think they were going to make the playoffs, where a lot of people didn't have the Clippers making the playoffs in the Western Conference, and right now they're sitting at a six seed at 44-30? and 30? Are you serious right now? After trading away their best player, Tobias Harris, at the deadline, they have the best record in the NBA? You're going to sit here and tell me that they're overrated? 9-1 in their last 10 games? Six seed in the East? Could finish as high as four? They're overrated? With a... Doc Rivers is overrated. This is one of the best jobs Doc Rivers has ever done in his career. This is the wrong year to bring out the Doc Rivers is overrated narrative. Get out of your mind. This team plays very well together. They move the basketball. They have one of the best benches in the league, led by sixth man of the year, Luke Williams. I think it's safe to say he's winning it. Montrez Howard off the bench. Danilo Gallinari is continues to be one of the most disrespected players in the league. Maybe they have a soft spot because of the Carmelo Anthony deal, but he's one of the most underrated players in the league to me. Gilgis Alexander is one of the better rookies in the league. Landry Shamet is balling. He's one of the best shooters in the league. This team, Patrick Beverly adds toughness. This, this is a team. They are a team. They play well together. They move the basketball. They really take bad shots. And honestly, they're one of the teams that haven't fallen into this new age shoot-nothing-but-threes mindset. If anything, they shoot two less of threes. They should be shooting more threes. They're one of the most fun teams to watch in the league. I, I don't get this take at all. Do you see Clippers and just think, oh, they don't have a superstar, therefore they can't be that good? Because that's a pretty ignorant take. I'm not going to lie. I like this team a lot. I Honestly, given the right matchup, they can pull an upset in the first round. It wouldn't shock me if they pulled an upset in the first round. It wouldn't shock me if they go home either, but I guarantee you they're not going to be an easy out. They're not losing in four or five. It's going to be at least six to get rid of the squad. And that's a compliment. So to say Doc Rivers is nothing but overrated in a year where he's taking a team with this roster, who I do like, but who is extremely underappreciated, to the sixth seed right now in the Western Conference when the team that shares the same arena as them is not making the, the playoffs with the best player in the world. I mean, that's, that's just kind of disrespectful. And I don't understand how you figure he's like Dwayne Casey. I don't get that comparison. Um, I guess you said they're as shitty as the Pistons. I guess you were responding to someone who's a Pistons fan or you were talking about the Pistons. But he's nothing like Dwayne Casey. Rivers is a champion. Dwayne Casey isn't. Dwayne Casey consistently underachieved in the playoffs with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, He's going to make the playoffs against the Detroit Pistons. I'm not saying Dwayne Casey is a bad coach. I just don't think he's a better coach than Doc Rivers. So, disrespect towards the Clippers because they are the Clippers. I'm convinced that people disrespect the Clippers because they're the Clippers. Just like people always disrespect the Nets because they're the Nets. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Dime. Like I said before, you can follow The Dime on Twitter at The Dime NBA. Give the show five stars on iTunes. Please leave a comment or review saying how much you love the podcast. Call into The Dime hotline at 805-826-3463. I'm Josh Rodriguez at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. Next week, I will have a guest for you. We'll be breaking down the latest in the NBA. One step closer to the playoffs. I am so excited. I cannot wait to have my preview episode. I can't wait to sit in front of a TV and watch basketball all day. Competitive basketball. Basketball, that means something. Not that these games don't. But I'm kind of sick of watching players only broadcast games that really don't mean much. Like tonight, Rockets, Bucks. Yes, I know two good teams and the battle of the MVPs and whatnot, but I mean, it wasn't that entertaining, at least of some that I watched a little bit, and I had to watch it on mute because I can't listen to these players broadcast. I'm sorry. I respect them as basketball players, but you can't throw them all at once and expect me to be happy with what I'm listening to. It's trash. Players only is trash. 
but the NBA playoffs isn't trash. Preview episode coming soon. Until then, subscribe, listen to episodes that you missed, and stay tuned for next week's episode. It's The Dime. I'll catch you around. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.